Stand by. Stand by. You have entered a locked orbit with Precinct Omega. Your data has been lodged and recorded. You have one message. Playing message from Precinct Omega. It's Friday the 15th of October, my name is Roby Jenkins and this is the second of a two-parter in which I'm looking at the impact of 3D printed miniatures on the miniatures war games industry. The first episode I looked at the impact on Games Workshop and concluded that whilst it might mean a change to their business model, it ultimately wasn't going to hurt them as a company. But this time I want to look in more depth at the impact of the growth and proliferation of tabletop 3D printing on the miniatures wargaming industry that isn't Games Workshop. So the first thing I want to talk about is the impact that it's going to have on smaller manufacturers. And this is really a, a straightforward question of arithmetic. If you look at a big manufacturer, if they are making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of units of an item, and there is a small number of people who are creating pirated or equivalent products in a small volume, well, a large volume minus a small volume is still a large volume. So the big manufacturers really aren't troubled by this stuff. But when you're talking about small manufacturers who are working in small volumes, when you're creating dozens or hundreds or only thousands of units of a product, and there's a small volume of pirate or equivalent products being produced that are removed, therefore, from, from your volume of saleable goods, then you have a small, sorry, then you have a big problem. A small volume minus a small volume is a non-viable business. So what we're talking about here, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of piracy, I will talk about it later, it's more about equivalence. So it's the question of, some people will buy miniatures from a small manufacturer. Let's take a really good example, Brigade Models. Brigade Models, UK-based, small business, two-person business, mostly Tony Francis working in his hut, casting stuff away. He produces some lovely spaceship miniatures, terrific spaceship miniatures, really nice, I own loads of them. Um, spaceships are a really easy take for 3D printing because they are symmetrical, they're blocky, they favour large areas of zero detail and small areas of high detail. It's really well suited to 3D printing. Now, at the moment, Tony's doing fine. Brigade Models is selling well. There are some great spaceship games out there, like A Billion Suns and, of course, Horizon Wars Infinite Dark. And his spaceships are great for all of those. But there is almost nowhere in miniatures wargaming where 3D printing is proliferating as quickly as it is in spaceship miniatures. So Tony is a small volume manufacturer. He's a successful one, but it's small volume. The more of his potential customers are choosing to print miniatures instead of buy them from brigade models, the more of an impact it's going to have. And because his volume is naturally small, a small volume of interested parties who, rather than buying miniatures, print them is going to have a disproportionate impact on a small manufacturer than it would on a massive manufacturer like Games Workshop. 
This situation is exacerbated by the fact that the people who are most likely to buy from independent small manufacturers, like Macrocosm Games, like Bad Squido, like Brigade Models, like Kurasan Miniatures, the people who are most likely to buy from those are indie gamers, people who are interested in playing independently designed games rather than the mainstream big name products. And at the same time, it's people who are interested in independent indie games who are more likely to be buying desktop printers. The reason being that indie game players are more likely to be older, they are more likely to be interested in a wide variety of different miniatures and they're more likely to have disposable income and they are also tending towards the tech savvy end of the spectrum which means that the prospect of buying into a new technology like desktop 3d printing isn't as scary to them as it might be to a younger less tech savvy or less well-off miniatures wargamer so what are the options for small manufacturers well the first one is is change or die adapt so people like uh, Kevin White, Bob Naismith are already learning to sculpt digitally or have learned to sculpt digitally and are beginning or have already shifted their market to digitally sculpted models, either to sell as STLs, as printable products, or just to do their sculpting in digital and then to cast them in traditional materials. And a lot of manufacturers, both big and small, have already shifted their design approach away from traditional sculpting and into digital sculpting. Obviously big names like Games Workshop have been doing that for a while, but then so are Mantic Games and Warlord Games. So are smaller companies like uh, Corvus Belli, like Privateer Press, or even smaller than that, GCT Studios. I had an interview with their principal sculptor and art director uh, not that long ago, Ben Calvert-Lee. And then even companies like Zenit Miniatures in Spain that are really micro-enterprises are doing all of their work through digital sculpting. The reason this works as a position for companies like this is because if they see the market for traditionally cast and manufactured miniatures falling away, they already have a pre-designed stock of digital miniatures that they can put back onto the market to sell as digital products. So they are, as it were, prepared for a shift to the digital market. Now there are still some notable exceptions. Um, I could mention Perry Miniatures, for example, who are a successful small volume miniatures manufacturer working in the historical field and as far as I'm aware they are still working exclusively in hand sculpted miniatures. Annie Norman at Bad Squido Games, I've mentioned several times, she's just wrapped up a successful Kickstarter and again all of her miniatures are, are traditionally sculpted. Uh, infamous JT, Jamie Tranter, again is just now working towards a Kickstarter for a range of fantasy dwarfs, all of them traditionally sculpted in green stuff putty. But these models, this approach to miniatures is threatened. It doesn't mean it's automatically going to fail, doesn't mean it's automatically going to fail, fall away, but the 3D printing model is definitely a clear and present threat to the longevity of these business models and we'll talk about their options in a moment. Now, some might reasonably say that a move to 3D printing is a positive thing. It is moving the means of production into the hands of the consumer and drawing away some of the power of the big names. But as I argued last week, generally speaking, it is not the big names in the industry who are going to be impacted by this. It is the small, independent manufacturers and designers that are the alternative to the big names. 
to some extent, it could be argued that a shift to 3D printing is a decommercialization of miniatures design. It is putting the opportunity to design back into the hands of consumers so that anybody can work with a 3D sculpting software platform, create their own miniatures and print them without ever needing to engage with a designer or a manufacturer. I would suggest to you that the number of miniatures wargamers who have the time, inclination or indeed talent to learn how to sculpt 3D miniatures besides the easy blocky stuff like spaceships and even then I don't mean to suggest that that is easy, I certainly can't do it myself, um, I suggest that that is a very very small minority of the community and not one that is going to trouble either designers or manufacturers in the big picture. But this is where we come to piracy because you do have the prospect of people who are either sharing STLs illegally or they are illegally downloading STLs or they are simply scanning pre-existing miniatures. Now 3D scanners are not really desktop uh, technology at this stage but if the 3D printer becomes a ubiquitous piece of desktop technology it seems extremely likely that the desktop 3D scanner is going to follow very rapidly and once you have desktop 3D scanning it'll become much easier to pirate pre-existing designs into unprotected STLs that can then be printed ad infinitum and that kind of piracy as I mentioned right at the beginning is going to hurt the small independent manufacturers far more painfully than it is the big names. So yes it is easy to talk about this as decommercializing the process but the people who are going to be hurt by that decommercialization are not the big companies. It is the small independents that we rely on to present an alternative to the big names. Is it then perhaps if not a decommercialization, a democratization of miniatures designs when anybody can decide what they're going to make, what they're going to print. I mean, I talked about it being difficult to design your own miniatures, but actually there are services like uh, Hero Forge that can allow people to design all kinds of miniatures of every conceivable race and size and uh, time period and all kinds of options. And you know, services like Hero Forge are only becoming more elaborate and more flexible. And, you know, I can see that becoming a more accessible way to design your own miniatures. Now, obviously, there is a price associated with that. But does that represent a democratization? My concern is that that offers not democracy, but anarchy. Um, and I don't want to get into the politics around this precisely, but there is a risk, therefore, of miniatures design rushing to the lowest common denominator. And if you want to know what I mean, you can look at any creative environment uh, digitally where people will tend to create things for shock or amusement value to generate interest, to generate clicks and follows and all that kind of thing, rather than necessarily generating something that is truly creative. Now, I could be wrong, and uh, properties like Minecraft have proved what can be done in sheer immense creativity, and maybe the democratization of miniatures design will create something immensely wonderful. Um, it's easy to look around at the state of democracy right now and believe that maybe that's not the case. 
So what about the impact on artists, the designers themselves, these small independent people that I've spoken to before, you know, who are usually sole traders, operators, artists, creatives who are designing miniatures? What's the impact going to be upon them? Well, we've already talked about how many traditional sculptors are moving over to digital. But let's assume that most of these people do make a seamless transition to digital sculpting. For them, it's going to be great in the short term because initially there's going to be a great deal more demand, great deal more interest. They're going to gather a lot of support from social media, Patreon, My Mini Factory, Etsy, whatever medium they choose to use to reach their customers. It's going to be great in the short term. My concern is that in the long term, if there isn't a well-established internationally supported framework for the sharing of digital intellectual property for a physical printing, that rapidly things will turn against the artists. Um, and increasingly they will find that their products are being produced over and over again with no return to themselves whatsoever. Um, and that obviously will just force artists out of the market and it will limit and restrict our choice. Artists will then have to make one of two choices, either stop bothering or get themselves under the umbrella of one of the companies that is able to offer them the commercial protection they need to make a living, i.e. the big names in the market. We've already seen something a little bit like this, very little bit like this, happening in Warhammer Plus with independent animators working within the field, being pulled in under the Games Workshop umbrella, under the condition of various non-compete and NDA clauses. That are completely normal and conventional for what they're doing, but at the same time it's hard to argue that there isn't a natural both constraint on their creativity in doing so, but also we are losing their talent from other markets. If they are focusing their talent on producing products exclusively for Games Workshop and within their intellectual property, they aren't exploring their own creativity, imagination, and generating their own IP. And as I talked about a few weeks ago, IP is valuable stuff. What can be the impact upon the community as a whole? Well, my concern is that a proliferation of 3D printing and a normalization of 3D printing as the principal access point for tabletop miniatures is that we will see the community split into three. You'll have the mainstream printing community, people who are downloading legal and legitimate 3D designs from mainstream manufacturers and designers for mainstream games. Then you will have the indie printing community. They are people who are legitimately downloading designs and uh, new miniatures from independent designers for less mainstream games. And there will be within those two communities of course an illegitimate section that are interested in downloading pirating copies for one or the other, more likely for the mainstream because it's always going to be larger. And then last of all, you'll have the old school community, people who still want their miniatures hand sculpted, hand cast in metal or resin or whatever it might be. And that will be, I suspect, you know, it'll be the equivalent of wanting to listen to your music on an LP or on a cassette tape. You know, it works, it's a market, but it's a teeny tiny market. And that is very much the point that each of these three markets is going to be smaller in its own right 
than the whole market community as it exists right now. And it will create division between those markets that will mean that they don't really cross over or interact commercially speaking. Socially they will, I'm sure. But commercially speaking, they will split into separate markets. And the bigger challenge of the proliferation, proliferation of 3D printing in tabletop miniatures is that it starts to degrade the accessibility of the hobby. Now, whilst I'm talking about normalizing printing and the growth of desktop 3D printers, that is all true and that is all very interesting and exciting and there are positives that I'll talk about in a moment, but there will always be people who can't afford that access, who can't afford a printer, who don't have the space, who don't have the security, who simply can't access that technology. And with access to that technology removed, so access to the hobby is removed. And there are enough people already talking about how expensive it is to get into the Warhammer hobby. Now, the non-Warhammer tabletop miniatures hobby remains a very cheap, accessible, easy to enter pastime and hobby. You know, it's a lot cheaper to buy games and miniatures that are not Games Workshop than it is to, to buy into GW stuff. You know, that's, that's undeniable. But the moment you make access to a desktop 3D printer a prereq prerequisite for access to a hobby, all of a sudden you're cutting out a large chunk of the population who can no longer participate. And I suppose I should also talk about the impact on game designers rather than miniatures designers. Well, recent months and years have seen a vast increase in the interest within the community in miniatures agnostic games. And as you make access to a much wider, much more diverse range of miniatures available to desktop printing enthusiasts, so interest in games that can adapt to their miniatures becomes far more exciting. At the moment, it's more about adapting miniatures to games. That's why people are always interested in creating alternatives for products that Games Workshop makes. People like Puppets War, uh, people like Max Mini, uh, people like Cromlech. You know, that kind of stuff, they're all the aftermarket equivalents. Well, now imagine a reversal of that circumstance where actually any miniature is possible, so what people become interested in is games that can adapt themselves to their favourite miniatures rather than vice versa. And that's incredibly exciting. But there is a potential downside. My concern, and, and maybe this is an unfounded concern, my concern is that the proliferation of digital media for the printing of miniatures is going to begin to normalise digital piracy within tabletop wargaming. And once you normalise tabletop piracy for miniatures, so you also normalise tabletop piracy for rule sets. And, you know, there are loads of sites out there right now where you can download pirated digital versions of rules, including mine, uh, which is very frustrating for small producers like me that, that literally rely upon sales of my rules to survive and get by, to know that there are people out there who are downloading them for free from, from illegal websites is, is very upsetting. And I could see that that could only get worse under a culture of normalised 
digital war games piracy. A logical response from small manufacturers is of course not to release digital versions of games and instead to release games only in print editions, which has an appeal, but on the other hand creating print editions is extremely capital demanding. So to release a PDF I just have to click a button, but if I want to release a print version of my games I'm talking about volumes of 500 units minimum up front, which costs me a lot of capital and I have no guarantee that all 500 are going to sell. So, you know, it, it pushes small producers, small designers out of the market. Now, there are strategies and solutions that could address that and if that time comes, I will absolutely happily stand up and talk about how we can do it. But those are some of my concerns about the potential impact of 3D printing on designers, artists, manufacturers, and you guys, the community of tabletop wargamers. But before I go, I have to ask a really important question, which is, so what? Am I here advocating to say, you shouldn't buy a desktop printer, you shouldn't print miniatures? No, absolutely categorically not. I, I would be King Knut standing in the waves trying to hold back the tide. 3D printing is coming. It is on its way. There is no avoiding the fact that 3D printed miniatures are going to be a normal part of our hobby for the foreseeable future. It is yet to be determined whether they are going to become the dominant part of our hobby. My suspicion is that they will, but I could be wrong. Maybe they will only ever be one portion of the industry. But I do want to embrace the fact that there are some great things about 3D printing. For a start, they encourage enormous creativity within miniatures that up until now simply hasn't been possible. And their proliferation is driving innovation both in miniatures design and game design in a way that hasn't been seen in decades. The growth of the 3D printing market is going to create new opportunities, new jobs, new careers things that you or your children may be doing in the tabletop wargaming industry or the related industries that we can't imagine exist now. And that's really good and really exciting. And I've talked before about what I call the hybrid tabletop, which is where more digital content begins to intrude, intrude, perhaps that's the wrong word, infiltrate, there's a better word, infiltrate our tabletop experience. So I've talked about you know, the opportunities for augmented reality and eliminating things like counters and replacing them with digital markers that one sees through an augmented reality headset or, or some other uh, form of technology. Uh, and the addition of special effects to the tabletop through augmented reality. Well, this offers another option which is the ability to play games on a physical tabletop with digital miniatures. So you don't even need to print your miniatures. They are, they are created digitally and then projected directly onto the tabletop virtually through augmented reality. And that offers the very interesting possibility of a hybrid game where one side might play with physical miniatures and the other one with digital or an army that might consist of both physical and digital miniatures, possibly even thematically, so that something like uh, Infinity the Game that has their thermo-optic camo miniatures, you know, you could actually have miniatures that are literally obscured to the players, so they can't see what they are. Um, 
as I say, this is, this is over-the-horizon technology. This is stuff that, that people are only just exploring uh, through, through new technology startups right now. Whether there's ever even going to be a market for something as insane as this, I don't know. But just imagining it is very exciting. So I absolutely don't think that 3D printing is a bad thing. I absolutely don't think that a proliferation of desktop printing or, or the growth of the STL market is something that we should see as a threat to our hobby. But what I am throwing out there, if there is a lesson to take away from this, it is be aware that this is a shift that is going to impact on people, products, companies that you may care about. So if there are creators now, if there are small manufacturers, if there are independent designers out there that you want to see stick around and prosper and grow, then for heaven's sake, give them your money. Uh, and support them. And if you don't have money, support them other ways. Support them through likes and shares and retweets and follows and whatever helps support and boost the visibility of those independent creators. And if you do it now, then those people will be in a better position as the market begins to shift and change and adapt to the new 3D model. Anyway, that's everything that I had to say about 3D printing and its impact on the market. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, please do, as they say, like and subscribe on YouTube if you're listening on YouTube or if you are listening to the Podbean uh, audio version of this podcast, then please do uh, like and follow on whatever platform you are listening. Thank you very much, and I'll speak to you again next week. Warning. Warning. Docking plans released. Decoupling complete. Thank you for visiting Precinct Omega Star Pharaoh. Safe journeys. Until next time.